I guess I should start. <laughs> you should. Okay, and then wait. Where's my? What's the intro? Okay, grocery list. List of all the amiibos I own. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers <laughs> almanac intro. All right. Uh, Spoilers possibly. almanac is what we're doing. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Some things never change. <laughs> All right. Hello, I'm Freddie. I'm Matt. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jordan. Welcome to the Spoilers Almanac, where our combined powers of reflection may or may not be enough to analyze the stories you already know the ending to. And guys, I gotta tell you, I'm glad we're here because it took us like four takes to get through that. So I'm really happy we got through that intro. You wouldn't not, you wouldn't even know the journey that we took to get to this point. But we're all rusty. It's been a while. Um, we're back. Didn't have an episode last week. We are back. A dinosaur. Hope everybody story. had a great Christmas. <laughs> what about dinosaurs? We're back. A dinosaur story. Mm. All right, uh, two people. Somebody will get that reference somewhere. Oh. Somebody, somebody I, I did so. message. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I, I gave somebody some kind of flashbacks to old screw eye. And... You yeah. having fun? But that probably should fun. have been a trigger warning for old screw eye. Yeah. If, 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 that's the name of a cartoon, by the way. Called, it's called We're Back, a dinosaur story. And the bad guy's name is Screw Eye, and he's terrifying. <laughs> this has been the Dinosaur Story Podcast. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. <laughs> And now, now it's time for whatever Matt says we're doing. Yeah, because we're, I'm, I'll be honest, we made it through Christmas, made it through New Year's. I'm still kind of in a funk of like, I don't really know what day it is, where I'm at, um, if I'm supposed to be doing anything. Anybody else feeling that way or is it just me? I mean, clearly I am. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way every day of my life, regardless of whether I have a place to be or not. So, <laughs> Well, see, that sounds useful because then you can just coast through the Christmas to New Year, like funk with no problem it's just it's like regular sailing for you that's just how i get through life it's just coasting from one one terrible mistake to another <laughs> jordan knows 2020 <laughs> ask anyone they will tell you that is 100 percent truthful <laughs> oh but anyway we're back we're trying to be back um if we're not fully back forgive us just come back again next week and we'll do this all over again but tonight, we are doing Spoilers Almanac for none other than Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. We made a just a ton of predictions. Guys, I was listening to that episode again, going back and sort of remembering what it all we had said. And we came up with some pretty pretty wild stuff. So I'm interested to not only address that, but honestly, as much as anything, just discuss. Just unpack this film, where it lands us in the Skywalker saga, what it all means. Um lot going on here so before we go any further please know yet again there will absolutely definitely for real be spoilers for star wars the rise of skywalker in this one and i'm just going to go ahead and say in all of star wars pretty much any movie that's ever been produced there will be spoilers for that so and maybe we're back a dinosaur story <laughs> and yeah potentially that so you have been warned for the diehard fans screw out dies a grisly death man there's no point in watching it now I actually did write down our predictions from yeah, last time, actually. Yeah, I went back and listened to our oh. old podcast, too. And, like, with Frozen 2, I wrote down all our predictions. Um, Man. 
It does. Well, actually, is the real MVP. She's gonna get paid the most <laughs> when, it, when we ever started getting paid for this. Oh, I hope so. But uh, it doesn't lend itself to a list so much because we all had kind of these big um, sweeping predictions um, mm. that kind of breaks down into categories. But I think I think we did pretty well. And excellent. So where do we start? Um. So. We started out the last podcast with uh, me kind of saying, um, me and you, Matt, saying that we, they had already told us that this was going to be like a course correction from The Last Jedi. And so I was like, yeah. um, is that going to be a subversion of a subversion of expectations? And you, Matt, said that you were afraid it was going to be two and a half hours of full fan service. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to say right now, like, I like this movie. I'm going to admit it. But I think you're right <laughs> with that oh prediction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that it was a lot of fan service. Man, all right. So, yeah, I want to go ahead and get this off my chest, too. I really enjoyed this movie because I'd read some pretty negative things going into it. And so I was really nervous. I'll be honest. Like, I was going into this film like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is, this is like, literally almost nearly 50 years of uh, a filmmaking coming to a close, you have to do this right. So I was I was nervous, but going in, I really enjoyed it. I thought they did it well. That being said, yeah, I do think I was I was on the right track there. It was a lot of fan service. It had a hint of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean three vibes, <laughs> with mm-hmm. just a ton of stuff going on. We're here, we're there. They're doing this. Why are they doing that? You know, it had just a little bit of that chaotic feel to it because they were trying to squeeze so much fan service into it. Yeah, I I guess the way I see it, fan service isn't always a bad thing, but... No, not at all. From what I've seen, it's kind of like, if you really like The Last Jedi, which I did, um, I think a lot of people were disappointed that it it didn't really follow through with, with what The Last Jedi was going through. And I am a little disappointed that that is how it went, but I'm not, like, I didn't hate the movie. I thought it was fun. Yeah, this movie is definitely not as cerebral as Last Jedi. Yeah. It doesn't try to do as no. much intellectually as uh, Last Jedi. Yeah, it's it's a it's just a fun sci-fi movie, fun action movie. Yeah, that's what I would describe it as. I would describe you it know. as fun. I believe the term yeah. I used in our Last Jedi possible spoilers episode was caveman brain. Yeah. And this movie spoke very <laughs> yeah, much to my caveman brain. Yeah, we got to watch Ray pull a, um, not Star Destroyer, but a uh, huge ship out of the sky the way you wanted to see Luke do that. That's all I want to see. Yeah, that's we, we got it. <laughs> we got it. We I hit literally, the check mark. I literally jumped in my seat when the lightning left her hands. I'm like, oh my oh, gosh, man. what just that is huge. Like so you're absolutely right. They had a lot of that stuff in there that was a lot of again that, that word fun. It was a very enjoyable movie going experience. Again if like you and I like your word cerebral too. Um not being very original tonight, I'm just gonna steal all your stuff. But um it didn't try to accomplish as much as Last Jedi did. And that's, that's such a tough thing because people were so mad at Last Jedi. So what do you do as a filmmaker? What do you do as a studio? Do you try and double down and just really lean into the artistic vision you've established and finish out that way? Or do you listen to the whining of your you know constituency and change it? And I yeah. can't decide what is the better option. Like, if, if if you're trying to give the fans what they want, do you change it? But I don't know. I feel like there's that's a whole different podcast on artistic integrity we could get into there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is a huge discussion. And I personally lean toward do it for the sake of art. 
Mm-hmm. But I guess at the same time, you're always looking at that bottom line. Yeah, don't but appease. Still, yeah, I'm, I'm not for appeasing. I'm not I'm not for the appeasement of fanboys. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not either. But we did just have this big discussion on Sonic, who very much appeased, supposedly, the the fans well, that were there. It's getting weird, too, yeah, because, it's, like... It's kind of like a um, double-edged sword, though, because, yes, the new design looks better, but it came at the cost of all the employees that were working on it. Like, yeah. they were forced overtime and horrible working conditions. And that studio is now closed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's a result of that, but it couldn't have helped. Yeah. I mean, that's getting into the big or macro discussions of, like, movie-making industry itself, which is, you know, I think with with these types of movies, with these blockbusters and these CGI-heavy movies, it's very bloated and very large, and I think the Sonic movie, to a greater extent than this movie, but they're all about, you know, can they can they sustain themselves? And, like, so it's it's very awkward at times. Yeah, and that, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to just talk about our thoughts on the movie and... Yeah, exactly. Um, how well we predicted it. And I think, like I said, I think we did a good job because... And this is a criticism of the movie, even though I liked it. This was a very predictable blockbuster movie. Oh, absolutely. You knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll be honest, um, I, I enjoy... I know this is possible spoilers. I actually enjoy reading spoilers of something I know I'm going to watch. For the very reason that I like to know... I, I'd rather sit there in the movie theater and focus on how they unfold it. And so, first big spoiler of the night... I knew that Palpatine was Ray's grandfather. And so, like, I wasn't nearly as interested in that fact as I was in how they unfolded it. And as you watch it, there were certain things you could go, okay, of course, this is obviously what they're going to do. Again, like you said, very predictable. It had it had some moments in terms of, uh, I don't get too far off track here, but one, when they were in the caves under the sinking sand, and they fell down there, and there's that one giant tremor-looking worm. And then she force-healed him. So again, that was a plot point to roll out the force healing, which had never been done before. But and then all of a sudden the like this snake worm thing just slithered away and opened up a door. And I was literally waiting for the like the chime from Legend of Zelda to just do 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 after they opened the door. It was such a predictable, like, okay, well, congratulations, you unlock the next area. <laughs> and so that really set the tone for me in terms of, oh, so that's what this movie is gonna be. A predictable Heroes have to get here, so they're going to accomplish the task type thing. So that's my rant. Yeah, I mean, there were things that we knew were probably going to happen going in. Like, when another thing we got right was that um, in the trailer when we see Evil Ray, we, I think we all said, like, that's not um, the real Ray. That's a vision, or she's very yeah, temporarily exactly. going to be evil. And that's exactly what it was. It was a vision. Yeah, exactly. And also, Kahlo going good. Yeah. Yeah, his redemption arc, we got that one right. Yeah. And, like, watching that movie, anybody who's seen enough movies or seen enough stories can know that the only way for him to redeem himself up before the end of it is to die. Well, that's essentially yeah. what happens with Vader, right? I mean, Vader has his one final act of good, and then yeah. he dies. So, they brought that very full circle as well. Right. Yeah, see, I agree with you, Jordan. I think that's why I didn't mind that so much. Mm-hmm. Because, for me, like that was his, his thing. Is he always he wanted to finish what he started, 
Well, he didn't realize that the force was literally pushing him to do that, but in a much different way than he he expected. Yeah. He did he did bring that full circle. He fulfilled his grandfather's vision, but he didn't fully realize what his grandfather's vision was until the very end. And so I think to to have some of that, it I, I didn't mind it so much, even though it was predictable, even though it was exactly how it was going to end. I didn't mind it because it made sense in the grand scheme of things. Right. Yeah. Like out of the two. Um the two characters, Ray and uh, Kylo Ren, it's like it made more sense for Kylo Ren died because he actually was a bad guy and did kill people, and Ray, up to that point, hadn't done anything wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, watching the movie, you know that there's no way they can let Kylo narratively just settle into a regular life after everything <laughs> he's done. <laughs> yeah, he would be in jail for a long time. He's been an ultra-fascist for two movies. <laughs> yeah. I, you can't just come back to that and it's like, we all good. It's cool. <laughs> no sweat. <laughs> Alright, so what's the next prediction? What's the next thing that we... Uh, again, some of these are like... It's hard to even discuss them because it's just... Even as we were recording the last podcast, we, I think we all knew, well, of course, this is going to happen. <laughs> this is going to happen. Yeah. So what's maybe a more obscure prediction that maybe we either didn't get right or something along those lines? So, Freddy had a, a a really long prediction, and the like. You pretty much predicted like how the entire movie was going to go in your head. Yeah. And one of the first things you said that this movie is going to be a race to get to Palpatine, and that ended up being right, but not exactly in the way you said it. Yeah, because Kylo Ren gets there immediately. Yeah, because he wins you, the race. You were saying that Ray and Kylo Ren were racing to get to Palpatine, so like Kylo Ren to get his power or to kneel down to him or something, and Ray just to you know defeat him. Um, and the movie starts out with Kylo Ren. He's already there. <laughs> yeah, in fact, yeah, he's that already there me. to the point to where most people don't know what's going on at the beginning of the movie. And you have to read, like the you have to read the articles and things that say he's on Mustafar killing like cultists who worship Darth Vader because that's where Anakin died. He's on the planet Anakin died on, mm. and that's where he gets that Sith Wayfinder. And he's killing like in the beginning when he's just bodying those those dudes. <laughs> Just taking them to the mat. Take them to the mat, said. like a pro, like the pro, broad-chested pro wrestler he is. Um, and he does, but he does. It is kind of. I guess it would. I guess it would be a race if Ray knew there was a race before she jumped into. Yeah. The race. Well, the race comes in because it's like, oh, they have sixteen hours before, like every all these like Death Stars with not Death Stars, um, Star, Star Destroyers that have yeah. Death Star power. Yeah. Planet killing power. They have 16 hours before these things are like taken off or something, which seems like a very short amount of time for everything that happens in the movie. Yeah. Especially when you add s- space travel. I mean, I know they're like traveling at light speed, but good god, that's such a short amount of time. That's kind of a that's kind of a a pet peeve of mine when a movie sets a crazy crazy time limit that it just it's just. Make it longer <laughs> yeah. when you're writing the movie. Yeah. Make it realistic. Yeah, make it believable. Don't, like, Hobbs and Shaw it, where, <laughs> where they, they go from, what, New York to London to Russia to Hawaii in 48 hours yeah. on charter flights? <laughs> yeah, they have to pay for it. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, some of that stuff just feels like, I'll be honest, when I saw all the Star Destroyers, it was an just incalculable amount of Star Destroyers that we find out have planet-destroying power. And I couldn't help but think, one of the first times 
I uh, DM'd for a and d session with, with some friends of mine. And we set up this whole world, and I knew exactly what I wanted them to do in this specific section. Like this, you know, the, the campaign I had planned out for that day. And so I had some, I gave them a little bit of freedom. With You know, they could go over here and play around. They could go over here and play around. But there was one part I really did not want them to get to. And so, of course, like the good little players they were, they went straight to that point. And so what I did, as any good DM would, is I placed five of the biggest, most, like, butt-kickingest monsters you can imagine right in front of the entrance so they couldn't get in. And, of course, they didn't want to fight them, so they turned around and went back. And when I saw those starter stories, that's all I could think about. It was just, like, this D&D master who just put on this crazy timeline and put all these crazy monsters. He's like, you can't get here yet. You're not supposed to get here yet. You have to find another way in. And that's what this movie felt like. I don't know. Just to me, it just it, it smacked of this DM who was just power hungry. It is. It, it, they do present, like, such... They present it as so, so insurmountable. Exactly. That's what it's, I was trying to get at. Like, where mm-hmm. does the... Like, if Star Wars were to continue, where do threats go from here? Yeah. Exactly. That's Didn't my point. Like, this or something like this in the... You, well, instead of a fleet of Star Destroyers, it would be a fleet of, like, Death Stars. Or is it going to be a fleet of star killer bases? <laughs> yeah. Or is it just a plane? It was a planet. Yeah, just a fleet of planets that are flying across the, the galaxy somehow. <laughs> it reminds me a lot, actually, of Knights of the Old Republic 1. Like, the Star Forge, where it's just, like, some ancient technology that is just churning out. It's like a factory churning out a fleet, and it's like how the people that discovered this because it's ancient alien technology it's like the people who discovered this how they figure out how to work it like it, it's just kind of like they came across it and it's like oh this huge factory thing it makes a fleet so we're unstoppable now but it's like you have to learn how to drive those ancient alien ships <laughs> anyway <laughs> surely there's a learning curve to this right yeah <laughs> you would think so but that's kind of what it reminded me of but no, Freddie, I think you're right, because in, if you see the progression, in the prequels it was the droid army, um, and then from the droid army it was to the clone army, and then from the clone army we get to the Death Star, and then from the Death Star we get to Death Star 2, and then which can kill a planet, and then we get to Starkiller Base, which can kill, kill multiple planets, like essentially a whole solar system, and then now we have a whole fleet that can kill anything we want it to. So I'm with you. Where do you even go from there? How does this get worse than what we have now? I think the answer is just to get smaller. <laughs> and I yeah. think the Mandalorian is our answer. Oh my gosh! Oh, I thought you were going to say right. like cell phones with planet killing powers. Oh no! I meant, like, <laughs> I meant smaller stories. Like <laughs> because we talked about caveman brain. This is the problem with things that follow caveman brains. They just get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's so yeah. true. I think you're right because, and I love your example of the Mandalorian, because in Chapter 5, okay, spoil, absolutely spoilers for Mandalorian, Chapter 5, you have the ATST in that one village. And this one little two-legged thing that was absolutely no threat in the Skywalker saga is not one of the most terrifying things you can imagine oh, that's to why, this little planet. That's why I love ATSTs. Like, I, I was thinking about this the other day, that I have like a, a weird affinity for ATSTs because they're either nothing or horrifying, depending oh, yeah. on the situation. Exactly. Because uh, Rogue One does it really well, too, with ATSTs. Oh, it's true. Or ATATs. That's a good point. Sorry. Yeah. There's ATATs coming out of the ocean, and when you see an ATAT from the point of view of someone who's on the ground, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Coming out of, like, just coming up on the beach. 
It's just one of those things. It's hard to even imagine what that must feel like. And so I think you're right. I think the answer to that is to get smaller. But I, 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 I go back to again the time, the just the insurmountable odds. It just was so big and so epic. And it, obviously they did that because it did feel like the end. I mean that's why we had the same thing with Endgame, Avengers Endgame. You have Thanos, this all powerful glove. You know, it, you do that for a reason because you've built to that point. But I do think we're, there were some things that was just a little bit like, oh, come on, really? Like, do you have to do this now? <laughs> See, me and Ashley were actually saying they could have gone bigger, actually. We, we hoped for a little, we hoped we go a little bit bigger. Because we were saying that when, really? we hoped, you know, remember when Palpatine is, like, Kyle Iran has suddenly decided he's going to be a good guy? And he yeah. shows up, and then Palpatine sucks her life forces out and then blows Kylo over a cliff? Yes. Are we really? We both really expected Kyler to just like pop back up, <laughs> like in T pose. Yes. Yeah, so this movie loves its one liners, and Palpatine says something when he's like throwing Kylo down the cliff, and he says something like, "That's the end of the Skywalkers" or something. I don't quite remember, but I really expected <laughs> Kylo Ren to come climbing out of that um, cliff, that hole, and be like, "I'm not a Skywalker." I'm a solo, and then punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, even, I didn't want to. I didn't want to I want him to explode, up, like like just like back up into the sky, like no frames animation there, just like <laughs> like he's just in T pose, and he's just like I'm solo, and it plays like uh, Rotting Solo by Jason Derulo, and he just, <laughs> and he just hovers at Palpatine in the Avatar state, just throwing debris like Dragon Ball style. Oh my god. Unfortunately, that's not what we got. That's no. not what we got. We got a really random kiss. That yeah. Ashley predicted, by the way, in the in the last episode. Yeah, I did. Because I felt this um, making Ray and Kylo Ren not related, I felt like it was just asking to <laughs> put them together romantically. And I'm not really saying I'm for this ship, but I did predict that it would happen. Yeah, she knew it was coming. I did not actually. I, I did not. Yeah, you were like, it. "There's one part when we got out of the theater." Freddie was like, "There's one part of the movie I didn't like, and I think you know what it is." And I had no idea what he was talking about because <laughs> I was like, "Uh, that, like the way Palpatine died," and he was like, "No," and I was like, "Um, like that Finn never got to say what he was gonna say," and he was like, "No," I'm like, "Well, what is it?" That <laughs> was like the kiss. Yeah, that one, I, I can't quite figure it out. Like, there wasn't, I guess you could argue there was some romantic tension up up to that point. But that was so not the focus of this movie. Yeah. Like, if, if it was there in the first two, it's just gone now. They have so many other things to focus on. Right. And so it felt weird to me that they didn't, like, again, it felt just gone entirely. And then at the very end, it's just there. And I couldn't tell if, I don't know, it was just, it was weird. It didn't feel thematically um, congruent with anything else that had happened. I think it goes right. back to us talking about the movie being predictable because that's what you expect to happen when a male character and a female character's face come yeah. even anywhere close to each other. They start sucking it's face. True. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just the rule of Hollywood. And I'm really proud of myself because I went 15 episodes, I think, or 14 or 15 or whatever, without talking about my favorite movie, the masterpiece of film that's known as Pacific Rim. Yeah, One reason yes. I really liked in that movie is because it's, it's... We've talked about that movie, haven't we? Have I? I don't know. Just say what you're going to say. I feel like you have. It's my favorite movie. 
<laughs> but one reason that movie is good because it subverts expectations. Because at the end, the two main characters, a man and a woman, are embracing after the big battle, and they do not kiss. They're just like, yes, Whew. But you so expect them to because that's what every movie does, and then that's what happens in, in Skywalker. But then like Abrams even came later and was like, actually, it wasn't a romantic kiss. Yes, I read an article where he said it was like not a romantic kiss. It was like a spiritual connection. It's like whatever, Abrams. I saw what I saw. There yeah. was some tension there. I did think when I first saw it in the theater that like I, I did think it had a little bit of an energy like like I'm so happy I could kiss you like yeah. but not like yeah maybe that was it but nothing more now die. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and I like Freddie. I like your um your comparison there because I would not have thought of this had you not brought it up. But if you think about it. You have um, Ray and uh, Kylo, and they call them a dyad of the Force. They obviously have this connection. They share this both physical and Force connection in a way that they said hasn't been seen for generations, was Palpatine's words. Okay, spoiler for Pacific Rim now. They have a very similar thing. You have to share almost a, a brain space. You have, to, you have to be in sync, totally in sync with one another to pilot these uh, Jaegers. And so I think you almost... It's really interesting you brought that up. I would not have thought of that. It means absolutely nothing other than I just thought of it. <laughs> but you, you do have that, that sort of dyad that's present in both of them. And one of them falls prey to the sucking face Hollywood trope, as yeah. you so elegantly put it. Yeah, it, it did, they didn't... The point is they just didn't have to do that. Like, she could just... No, they didn't. Yeah, she could have just came back alive, and they could have hugged her. Or she like, could have hugged him or kissed his forehead. Yeah, or anything. That beautiful Adam Driver forehead. <laughs> but because <laughs> I think like when you're when you um, I don't know because I've never died, but I feel like when you come back from the brink of death, the last thing on your mind is sucking face. <laughs> and if it is, you Maybe might is. have issues. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is. Because I did, I was joking with Freddy, and it was like, it was all that sexual tension in The Last Jedi, like, all those scenes with him without shirt, she just couldn't, like, let it go no more. Well, that I like, oh, he's about to die. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to die, I gotta do something. I gotta do something now. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody has packs like Adam Driver in <laughs> Last Jedi. So, one of the things I wanted to talk about that we, we try to come up with and actually, you might have this on your list, so I'm sorry if I'm getting ahead. And I, I, we've discussed this off off uh, the call like well, a few days before we even got to this podcast. But one of the predictions we all tried to make was how Palpatine ended up back. Why is he here? How did he get here? Why is he not dead? So what, what's, what's the deal there? And one of the things I thought was really interesting is that the movie spent exactly two lines trying to explain that away. They really didn't care to discuss whether or not that worked. And I, I think that's an interesting choice. I don't think it's a, a good or a bad choice. I just think it's an interesting one. What do you guys think about that? I think you know from me and Ashley's Frozen 2 podcast where we went rogue that that's exactly the way we wanted it handled. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, think, I kind of feel the same way. So I think it lends itself to, you know, like less is more in a sense it lends itself to a lot of theories. And one thing that Freddie predicted was that in order for Palpatine to come back, he was going to have to make a sacrifice. And that is a, kind of exactly what happened when he's, like, sucking the life force out of um, Kylo Ren. 
and Ray and yeah. using that to bring his like decaying body back. So I think you like you can make a case of, you know, he's obviously using the force to bring himself back from death and like the machinery that he's hooked up is just something that's like keeping him alive until he can get more life force. Mm-hmm. Um and what I thought was interesting, I thought it went really well with like the healing thing that they had going on, and especially with Kylo Ren giving his life for Ray, because it, we see that like Palpatine is sucking the life force out of things to give himself life and make himself healthier, and Rey is healing things, but she explains it takes some of her life force away when she does that, and then at yeah. the very end, this ends with Kylo Ren, like Rey is pretty much dead, and Kylo Ren has to give all of his life force to bring her back so it's an interesting like you know the bad guy is taking life away for himself and the good guys are giving up their life to heal other people and i think it's interesting to see that as sort of the same kind of power yeah so altruism versus greed yeah yeah exactly which kind of brings me to a point i didn't expect and it goes back to our predictable it was it was unpredictable in that it was predictable does that make sense? What? Well, anyway, the movie <laughs> returned. The, the last Jedi or the last Jedi cast a lot of doubt on Jedi as a force for good, and this yes. movie returned right back to Sith evil Jedi good. Yeah, that was one thing we. I think almost all of us had touched on this in some respect. In this movie, they treated it very black and white with Sith bad, Jedi good, and I was gonna say that in our um. Uh, podcast that we had all, all, I think all of us had mentioned that this movie might be um, delving into the philosophies of the Jedi and the Sith and are they really good? Are they really evil? Is there good and bad things of both? Um, Will the Jedi be um, broken down entirely and light side and dark side is broken down entirely? And I think Jordan made a joke of like the gray side or something. Yeah, the gray Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Um, Will totally come to pass, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's one prediction that we got wrong because they did not bring any of that up this time. Which is a shame because I think in The Last Jedi, and I made the mistake of not going back and watching the movies before Rise of Skywalker, so mm. I could be getting things wrong, but in The Last Jedi, I think they were heading in that direction of questioning the Jedi philosophies because there isn't there that part where Luke is like burning like the Jedi teachings like the books yeah he burns the books which Rey seems to magically have in the next movie again well she has some kind of like journal of I don't know if it's a journal but some kind of like thing that's talking about Luke's journey to find the um Sith I want to call a Sith holocron but I know that's not what it is it's a Sith the, way, the wayfinder um, you know that, that wasn't a Jedi text that came from uh, the movie The Force Awakens when they went into the sort of that uh, like pub area um, I can't remember the, the name now but she went and she found that chest and that chest for some reason included Luke's lightsaber oh so that, that, was, that was the book she was reading I'm fairly certain I could be wrong on that but I don't think it was one of the quote unquote sacred texts that Luke was so distraught about losing as Yoda mercilessly force lightening them yeah. Into oblivion. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that kind of went into Freddy's prediction of, like, um, 
Freddie, you had this grand prediction of, like, we were going to see Luke's journey and backstory, and it was going to flash back to him doing some cool stuff, and then Ray was going to, like, figure out that both she relates to Luke on a certain level because they're both from, like, desert planets, and they're both, like, nobodies. Yeah, and so I will go ahead and say... That I was right about that, in my own <laughs> humble opinion. Because she does follow in Luke's footsteps a little bit, because she... Uh, it's not she, exactly how we imagined it, but it is similar. Yeah, she follows his journey to get the uh, the Sith Wayfinder, to find the Sith Wayfinder. Yeah. And then she does, like, when she takes on the Skywalker name at the end, she imagines Luke and Leia and how... You know, she relates to them. Yeah, because she goes back to uh, Tatooine, where Luke, where Luke was born. Yeah. Or grew up. So, in a sense, Freddie was right, because she does go back to Tatooine. It was just not mm-hmm. at the place we thought it was going to be at. It's true. It's true. Yeah, so if you, wanna, if you want to do some interpretation, you can say I'm right. You can interpret <laughs> me as being right. I mean, <laughs> I think it was a little uncanny. <laughs> like, you were right, but not exactly in the right way. It was almost like someone was listening and was like, how can we take his idea without him knowing that we took yeah. his idea? He was, he was one step off. <laughs> like, he was right, but he was just one step off of being perfectly right. Yeah. So it turns out all that melodrama is just him trying to work in Freddy's, like, precognitive abilities. Yeah, it's my <laughs> fault. Yeah. And I really did like the part where she does go back to Tatooine and she has to slide down the little sand dune on the piece of metal like she did in Force Awakens. So it kind of shows that they are from like the same sort of humble beginnings. Yeah. On that note, so it takes some interpretation. Uh, We were you said we were talking about the combination of Sith and Jedi or the 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 midway point. Yeah, like the, um, I think we were just talking about how, like, this has all been, like, a cycle of balancing out the Force throughout these movies, so, and we were talking about, like, what if there's something that just ends it? No light side, no dark side, there's just some middle ground, or there's, like, good and bad of both that we balance out or something. So through a certain level of interpretation, we can also say we're right about that, because if you, in Clone Wars, which I think is still canon... They always, and some other things, they always make a big deal about the balance. The balance, the balance. There's got to be dark, the balance of the light. They both have to exist. So when she, like, when she defeats Palpatine and says, you know, she's actually talking about one-liners. She does her one-liner of, like, and I'm the last Jedi. And, you know, takes out She says, I'm all the Jedi. Oh. Well, she said she should have, uh, or, I mean, she... There's got to be a balance. There's got to be somebody to balance her out. There can't just be Jedi, based on what we know about the balance. But Kylo Ren was a, a Sith though, for most of the film, and he heals her by putting his life force into her, like she explains when she does Ooh. it with the worm. So she's got... Uh, sorry for my wording there. She's got, like, <laughs> Sith force and Jedi force inside her, so... Through a certain level of interpretation, you can say we were right about that because she is now the balance all wrapped up in one person. Now, see, I think you might actually be onto something there because they do hint at that, that the life force, um, the the heritage, the pedigree, so to speak, does have an impact. 
because I remember I just I actually rewatched Force Awakens after uh, watching The Rise of Skywalker, so I watched it not too long ago. And one of the things they talk about was that um, they sensed good. It was when um, Han Solo and Leia were talking. Like I sensed good in him. They said, but you know, there's there's too much of his grandfather in him. There's too much Vader in him. So that it seems to imply that that life force does have something to do with it. So I do think that by interpretation, but also just by contextually what we've already seen in these films so far, it's a fair assessment that maybe she becomes the balance. Which, in a way, like you said, is kind of what we said. Kind of what we predicted. Yeah, because she might now be something that's like not wholly either, since she has both, like literally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I want to talk about this for just a minute, because a couple things at the end. When she said that, you know... I'm Ray Skywalker. I was like so afraid that was going to be really, really cheesy, because that's another one of those things I knew going into the to the movie theater. But watching it, that was another one of those things that I'll admit watching it play out. It was a lot better, because she was at the precipice. She could have chosen either one. She could have been either the Rise of the Sith or the Rise of the Jedi. Like she, this, it all depended on her in a very real, tangible way. So the fact that she chose the Jedi means that she did get to choose that name. And not in a cheesy way. So she, she she got to pick that. And then also, I don't want to get too far into extended canon because some of it has gone away, but I feel like I want to defer to Ashley's expertise here uh, with her experience, especially with KOTOR. The yellow lightsaber, I feel like, has some significance because it really signifies a sentinel who is, who is defending the Jedi. And since she did that in a very real way just a couple scenes before, I feel like that has some significance. So how do you feel like that, that balances into the idea of balance, so to speak, like we were just talking about. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't, I'm not really sure, because I kind of saw it, for one, she carries a blue lightsaber throughout most of the series, which is, um, the mark of a Jedi Guardian, who's very combat-based. So, mm-hmm. for one, I thought changing the color from, um, blue to yellow was meaning, like, she wasn't really gonna work on combat anymore now that this um, war is kind of over. And also, like, mm. Luke changes his colors, too, from blue to green. Exactly. Which, um, yeah. like, in Kodor, and I believe this applies to, um, Star Wars canon, blue is definitely, the Jedi Guardians, they're more combat-based. Green, they're more force-based. It's, like, the color that Yoda has, so they they tend to be more wise, more scholarly. And then yellow, um, they are more like skilled based and we haven't really seen yellow in the movies at all but Mm. in knights of the old republic it means that you have more like practical skills like skills that anyone could have not just a jedi which i think Mm. makes sense with ray given like her background oh absolutely her very um you know she she can pilot she can like fix things she has a lot of skills so it, it made sense to me that that would be her color I was going to say, she's continually underestimated through the first two films, because people always, they can never expect her to be able to do what she can do. Yeah. I, I can't remember if it's, I think it's The Force Awakens, where they're, they're wondering if she's broken in the Starkiller base yet, or if she's succeeding, and then she climbs, some, she climbs up something in the background behind them. Like, clearly, she's been way more <laughs> successful than they expect. Um, and people are always make a lot of the fact that she can fight already when the movies start. She's already kind of accomplished... Uh, fighter 
So, are you talking about, like, the fact that people call her Mary Sue, or just... Well, I was trying to avoid saying that, because, like, I think it makes sense that she's an accomplished fighter, because she's clearly grew up in the hard times. Yeah, I mean, I do, too. That's what I was about to um, reply to, that, like, all her skills pretty much make sense to me. Um, well, see, and even in The Force Awakens, you saw the way she wielded her staff. She was very adept with that because she'd had yeah. to fight off people for a long time. So yeah. in terms of, I have no problem with that. If her being a fighter, well, yeah, because she was. Now it's just with one blade instead of a, you know, the equivalent of a double-bladed staff. So mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with that. She's had to do this for a long time. And I think you could even see, now this is something we don't hadn't really talked about much, but the progression of her combat skills. By The Force Awakens, she, she looked very polished compared to the first fight, like in the woods and stuff like that. Yeah. So she's still definitely getting better. You mean by the Rise of Skywalker? I'm sorry, yeah, by the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And, like, the same went for Luke in the original trilogies. Like, he went from someone who had no combat experience at all to someone who, um, you know, was more confident by um, mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. I was just about to say that. Because it's like, Luke had, Luke was just a farmer. Like, he yeah. had no special training or anything. Yeah, the only training he gets from is, like, from Obi-Wan. Well, he gets training from Yoda and Obi-Wan. But we see that progress. Yeah, at I least... mean, like, at the I mean at the start of the movies. Like yeah, yeah, the start of the not movie. A, he's yes. not a fighter or anything like <laughs> yeah. that. So, what are some other predictions that we uh, made? Are we, are we reaching the end? I feel, I feel like we've, we're reaching the end of what we discussed in yeah. the original podcast. I actually podcast. wanted to talk about... Um, so one of our uh, in my opinion one of our best predictions that didn't come true but it's also a prediction we kind of have like every podcast was there was going to be a big um, in-game style battle where all the Jedi are going to come back Yes, (laughs) and we were going to see like (laughs) Jar Jar Binks and Liam Neeson (laughs) as Qui-Gon Jinn and Anakin was going to come back and um, he was going to (laughs) smack Kylo Ren (laughs) yes I've actually yes. heard a lot of people talking about that, that they wanted, like, a giant Force Ghost battle, and I, I feel like now that it's been done, I think we talked about this last time, but now that Endgame has proven that you can do those, like, outlandish things, it, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's something they should have done, but I kind of wish that they had have, because <laughs> I could have watched that clip on YouTube, like, for the rest of my life. <laughs> Well, see, I want to I want to pull Freddie into this. This is my caveman brain absolutely wanted that to happen, but also to Freddie's point, I think when you get to a certain level, less is more, and I think they realized that they had upped the ante so much in in the film, and then just you know from a logistical standpoint, this had already been done with Endgame. You can't ride that you know those coattails forever. Yeah. So I think yeah yeah would I have loved to have seen that without a doubt, but I think the way they handled it was probably better in the long run. And in a way, I think uh, I think you could also say we kind of got that one right, too, because of all the voices that showed up to talk to Rey at the end. And she said, all the Jedi lived in her now. So they kind of did all come back. I mean, you heard Anakin, you heard Obi-Wan, you heard I mean, just all kinds of people, even people from, like, Star Wars Rebels. So they kind of did make, come back and help. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Like, again, through a certain level of interpretation. <laughs> exactly. You can say we were right because she was all the Jedi. She had all the Jedi in like spiritually with her and then I'm sure he had, maybe Palpatine had voices too we just didn't get to hear him <laughs> that would have been interesting yeah. like all the Sith give lend me your power <laughs> <laughs> 
the more we discuss this, the more it's just turning into Kingdom Hearts, like, <laughs> light. <laughs> well, see, he kind of did that too, though, because if you think, this, alright, so that's the title of this episode. It kind of happened. That's the, I can I'm calling it now. It kind of happened. But you have to think that is what he told Kylo. He said, every voice in your head has been mine. And yeah. so through Snoke, whether it was Darth, he even, you know, we even mm-hmm. understand that now Darth Vader, he wasn't actually talking to Vader. He was talking to Palpatine. Yeah. So you have to wonder if maybe that was his version of it. But again, hmm. going back to that idea earlier, we talked about of the Sith just absorbing life force as opposed to the Jedi giving it. Now you have that. Instead of the Jedi supporting one another, now you have Palpatine just sucking all the life force of the Sith and making it his own. Yeah, instead of, like, Rey supported by all the Jedi, but Palpatine is using the exactly. Sith, the, the Sith that came before him. Precisely. It well, makes sense thematically. Again, back to Sith do things evil the evil way, and Jedi do things the good way. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool when he says, you know, he says every voice in your head's been mine, and in a play, like Darth Vader's uh, respiratory. Yeah noise plays when he says that oh yeah yeah there again there was a bunch in this that just those little moments that i felt like really redeemed it. i don't get the hate i it's it definitely had a lot going on um it felt a little chaotic i think it could have been split into two films honestly um i know that would have probably frustrated some people as well but yeah. i don't know i i really like the way they finished this up yeah i did too and i think like people just take this movie way too seriously no (laughs) who would do that and like I mean because the way I see it it was a fun movie it wasn't like it could have been better sure there's a lot of things that I wish they had continued from The Last Jedi and honestly I would have liked to seen Freddy's movie (laughs) the one that he predicted I would have really liked to have seen that, but, I mean, like we've said before, that's why Star Wars fans get so disappointed, is they write the movie in the, in their head, and then it yeah. ends up not being that way. But overall, I think it was very fun. Um, there were a couple parts where I'm just like, oh, come on, why? <laughs> but Yeah. I think... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. There were a couple parts in there that I was just like, okay, well, that's a little cheesy, it's a little heavy-handed, you know, whatever, but mm-hmm. nothing breaking. Yeah. Yeah, but... That that's gonna be the same for anything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like I, me and Ashley were talking when when me and Ashley came out of the theater. I was walking down the sidewalk, and there were these two dudes in front of us. Yeah, this will give you the idea of these, your average Star Wars fan. Yeah, these two middle aged dudes, <laughs> and they were just walking down the street in front of us. And the I, I swear, as deep as they got, their conversation about this movie was one went mm, below average, and the other went mm, below average. And in the first one went mm, below average. They just, I am not exaggerating. He's not. I was there. They literally just grunted and said below average to each other. Oh that was gosh. as intellectual as the conversation about the film got. Wow. And it explained so much to me. I now understand things so much better. Oh. I feel like we just experienced Twitter. Like through those people just now. <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> Hashtag below average. <laughs> but and actually, I think going back just a minute, I think you're absolutely right. Not only do they write it before they get to the movie theater, so they've written it in their head. And I read some fan theories because that's what I like to do. I like I read some of the fan theories, not leaks at all, but people think, well, I think this could happen. It was so far off base. 
Like, not even close to what happened here. Much like our podcast, in, to a great degree. But then not only do they do that, but then they come out of the movie theater and they think about what they wish would have happened. Well, if only they'd done that, or if only they'd changed this. And I think that makes this fandom so hard to appease because you, you, you get them coming and going. You, you can't please them before it happens, and you can't please them after it's over. <laughs> and the people go into it ready to not like it, too. And then, mm-hmm. and then just like those guys, they come out of it like, you know, having already decided they were not going to like it. And then, but they exactly. can't have any reasons for it because they didn't even really, probably didn't even pay attention to the movie. They're probably just thinking, I don't like, they're probably just thinking, mm, below average, the whole movie <laughs> without average. really, like, paying attention. That's so true. But I think we, I mean, I liked it. We'll do a final, final count here. I enjoyed it. Did you guys like it? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we liked it. Yeah. I, thought yeah, it was I enjoyed movie. it. I really like the uh, Death Star. I mean, even though it kind of doesn't make sense because in, um, um, you know, it looks like it blows up completely in the original trilogy, but I still liked it. Yeah, they need to go back and digitally add that piece. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that. Towards... Just like, uh, like add in like a CGI moon shaped piece hurling toward whatever this planet is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. And somebody's taking notes as it flies down. Like, I'm going to make a mm-hmm. dagger exactly that shape. <laughs> so somebody can find that later. Yeah, and someone's like, oh, good. Uh, all the all the all the good parts are still intact. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like Palpatine's throne room. All it's the still most, good. all the most thematic parts. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But again, that makes it a fun movie. Yeah. Not necessarily. It didn't make sense, but it was fun and it was eerie and the atmosphere was cool when she's on it. Like, it. Oh yeah. It's real. It was just really cool. Yeah, I loved. I loved how she beat Palpatine. Like it's a, it was a masterful loophole. Where it's like, oh absolutely. You know, oh, yeah, we were talking. She's like, if you, if you, uh. You know, he's like, well, if you kill me, then all the Sith will go and you and you'll become a Sith. And she's just like, well, I'll just have you kill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Total loophole. (laughs) We were talking, like, how, you know, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, um, Mace Windu kind of does that thing to him where he reflects the lightning back from his lightsaber and it makes him all ugly. And I was like, I just wonder, like, what's going through his mind as Ray's doing the same thing? Oh, not again. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, dang it. Why do I keep doing this to myself? (laughs) He goes, do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) But that's very thematically appropriate, too, because my reading of it is the reason it kills him this time is because he's gotten stronger. Mm. So his own strength was his own undoing because it's kind of like some some Bruce Lee-esque use their own strength against them. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good so point. it starts to call into question, like, is a lot more power really better when it can be turned on you like that? Yeah. When Sith are all about power and, you know, um, ambition. Yeah. That's a good point. And it kind of throws, like, the Sith philosophy on its head because the Sith philosophy is like, yes, you can kill me if you're more powerful than me because you deserve to have... You deserve to kill me. You deserve, like, the powerful is on top. But if you're using their own power against them, then, like, that totally goes against everything they believe in. Yeah, I thought that was totally... That's kind of interesting, too, because the, the canon has always been that if Sith... The, when Sith are not truly a Sith master until they until they kill their master. Mm-hmm. But I never really... I didn't... I never thought or knew, or maybe this is a new thing to the canon, that it, that's because that literally has their master's power go into them no oh, i don't know Ooh. like oh, i that's didn't interesting i yeah. didn't because that's what probably makes it sound like 
Yeah, that's true. But that also hmm. means that Vader wasn't a true Sith until he threw Palpatine. Well, actually, the Vader was never a true Sith because now we know Palpatine never died. <laughs> it's a so good Vader point. was never a Sith master. Yeah, oh did my he gosh. not die or did he bring himself back? I don't know. It's some kind of force ghost that got a body back or something. Well, then that that still means that Vader never got the power, you know. So he was never. It's a good because. Point. Palpatine held on to it somehow, whether he took it back or... Mm. Maybe that's why he's still alive, because Vader didn't get his life force, so it stayed where it was. Hmm. I don't know. I like that. I'm just talking like on my that. butt now. Yeah, this is just... <laughs> <laughs> Turn into the This is even too. more baseless speculation. Than you <laughs> well, I want to give just two more pieces of baseless speculation, and then we have got to wrap this up, but I've got to get this off my chest. Two things. One, Finn's piece of information that he was going to give Ray is that, I think we all know by this point, is that he was Force-sensitive as well. We saw a couple of things throughout the movie that pointed to that, obviously. Two, Broom Kid from The Last Jedi, who is obviously also Force-sensitive, did not make a comeback. Did not appear again. And I'm wondering what that means. So that's that's for our next possible spoilers <laughs> podcast, I guess. But there were two things, like the two big questions that never really got answered that, quite frankly, made the whole thing way more interesting than it already was. Um, by adding those two little pieces in there, and they never addressed them, so I, I kind of want to again just brief, just brush up against that, and then we'll we'll close this out. But I just want to throw that out there. They're gonna make a spinoff. My headcanon is that Broom Kid is the one who rallied all those ships. <laughs> I love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> there was also that part too where um, that one girl that we just met. That like was also a stormtrooper like Finn. Yeah. And like yeah, Lando yeah. looks at her and he's like, Where are you from? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, Well, let's find out. I'm like, is this like a spinoff series? Disney Plus show. <laughs> Disney Plus show. <laughs> no, and I, I apparently I heard a I read a rumor somewhere that um Ray is gonna get her own spinoff movie. So like it's gonna follow her now as she is truly the last Jedi, so she's trying to train up the next generation to take over and whatever that means. So I've, I've heard she is going to get her own film sort of separate from the Skywalker saga. That's weird. It is weird. That was, she it kind of threw me. It's not really a spinoff because she is the protagonist. It would just feel it like is. a continuation. I know. See, I feel like a spinoff would be if Poe got his own movie. Yeah. That would be a or spinoff. Or Finn or yeah. anybody else. Like <laughs> literally saying anybody. they're abandoning the trilogy, the trilogy format, so maybe now it's just a scatter plot of movies just all over the place yeah. now. Yeah. It, it's just fan fiction now. We're just going to go. We'll, we'll just write whatever we want. We're going to go see <laughs> Ray, and then we'll go see Poe, and then we'll go see Finn. But, no. I, I Those are the names to... of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Finn, but, but like Solo. I don't want to get too far off track here, but we talked about this with the Joker podcast, that that is, we think, in this day and age of incessantly connected movies, maybe that's the answer, is to just have these little one-offs. Quite frankly, I'd be fine with that. Just have one little movie that follows Poe around yeah. and his little adventures. I, they could man, follow, I would tickle to death. They could follow the naming convention of WandaVision and just call it, like, Finn Poe. Finn Poe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've already they've already proven with the MCU that that's kind of the best way to do it because you have the yeah. individual standalone movies, and then once a year you get the big team up movie that everyone flocks to the theaters for and makes a gazillion dollars. So yeah. it's so true. <laughs> Finn Rapo. And then they have to go back. No, and not that. The... Not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> you, you interrupted me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh. No, I'm just Wait, kidding. Who, mad at who? <laughs> uh, Freddie. So oh, okay. 
Because he's Ooh. making bad jokes of me here. She's always mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> that was just going with what Jordan said. Like, you're right. Then, then they have to go back and watch all the individual movies to know what's happening in the big, like, yeah. collaborative movie. <laughs> Exactly. And Disney makes so, money to buy the sign. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is ours now. It was always their end game. <laughs> when are we going to get George R. Banks spin off? Oh my gosh. And on that note, it is really time to bring this podcast to a close. That is, that <laughs> we was don't want to open that can of worms. We're not going to open that can of worms. Guys, thanks so much for listening as we went back and discussed the finer and not so finer details of. The Rise of Skywalker, which we like. So if you hate it, um, go ahead and start a flame war in the Facebook comments and see how that goes. We'll all be there with our, like, we'll just be ready to go. But this has been a lot of fun. I like talking about it because, again, I, I really had a lot of fun with this movie. And I have enjoyed thinking about what it means for the future, how it impacts the past movies. So thanks for listening. Um, listen to us wherever podcasts are distributed whatever your favorite is there's anchor there's spotify there's apple Podcasts, there's itunes however you get podcasts listen to them we have youtube it's a little out of date but i'm gonna go update it but go back there if you have a if you if you have a backlog that's a great place to start leave us a review on itunes facebook wherever guys any other shameless plugs we can put in here um follow us on twitter at, at possible yes. spoils at possible spoils we are all making very funny jokes on there <laughs> as you do I laugh at them daily <laughs> we just go back and read our own jokes nobody else is going to yeah and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like us on Facebook seriously somebody follow us on Twitter yeah <laughs> we have like nobody <laughs> we haven't yet please follow us on Twitter I've never done this in the recording but I'm going to do it now so just buckle up uh, thanks to Joseph McDade for the use of his music in our podcast we really like it gives it a cool feel we appreciate you and everything you're doing go listen to him go get go get his stuff for your own podcast he's a super cool dude super cool dude from what I can tell as far as I know I, mean, I don't actually guy. know him never I just met him but he seems cool to give his music away for free yeah that's the coolest thing I know about him I'll be honest and then he spells corners with a K alright and before we leave we should um what do you think how well do you think you we did with our predictions? Good question. Are you and asking us or are you asking yeah, the I'm audience? Yeah, I'm asking, well, both, but right now, you guys. Um, Again, given the title of the episode, it kind of happened. I, I think we had the spirit of it pretty wrapped up. We really did. We had the ideas of how they wanted to finish this out. I think we, we had it pretty spot on. It didn't play out in the way that we thought. But the spirit of it, the core sort of central ideas of what was going to happen, I think we did a really good job. What do you guys think? I think through enough interpretation, we were spot on. <laughs> exactly right. If you <laughs> squint your finagling. eyes just right. I think you can read our previous podcast as an exact prediction. <laughs> read the <two> lines. <laughs> A++. Through enough uh, interpretation. I would say this is... Um... Like, if this were some kind of assignment, we didn't quite follow the instructions, but we did a really good job anyway. Yeah, oh, that's, I like that. I like that. That we had the idea of the assignment, we just didn't follow the instructions very well. <laughs> that's a really... I like that. I've done that before. I resonate with that. But the instructor was impressed with our modesty. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what I was asking for, but A for effort. I would have uh, liked to see uh, Luke pull Star Destroyers out of the sky, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that would have been that would have been really cool to see some of this stuff in action. To see him and Leia both in action. We didn't yeah. get to talk about that. But we can't talk about that right now. We have to go. Oh, guys, thanks for listening. As tonight we have analyzed The Rise of Skywalker. And our own podcast. And our own podcast. Congratulations on achieving the best possible ending. Guys, thanks for listening. We will see you again next week. Now I want a hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong? (laughs) What is wrong? I was just thinking about Matt coming back. He's recording when he's editing. I hope he I hope he listens through the silence to get to the hot dog this question. <laughs> <laughs>